Hello and welcome. Should I say welcome back? Yeah. Welcome back to the Hole in My Heart podcast. It's it's season two. Season two. And it's episode 44, Jealous of Your Suffering. Jealous of Your Suffering. We're going to come out swinging, talking about suffering the first episode back in season two. I don't know if we should do like season two, episode one. I really wrestled with that. Right. It was the greatest suffering Overall I episode 44. Yes. Season two. But we are in the second season. One. Hello, my name is Lori Krieg, and I am here with my husband, Matt Krieg. Hello, it's good to be back. And producer Steve. Hi. And we have in the studio, our guest today is Daniel Matson. Welcome, Daniel. It's great being here. Yeah, for those of you who have not actually, maybe you don't even know who I am or who Matt is or who any of us are. Mm-hmm. I am the executive director of Whole In My Heart Ministries, a compassionate teaching, writing, and mentoring ministry. We talk a lot about the intersection between sexuality and the church, but this podcast, the focus is on the gospel and how the gospel is good news for everybody every day. And we really try to focus on those the, the conversations the church has shoved in a corner intentionally or not, and we want to bring them into the light and, and bring people for whom the gospel costs them something. And so that's my story. Matt, what are you doing here? Well, I'm really excited to get back into the podcast world. I've yeah. actually missed it for the past month. And, Me too. And it's been, it's been something that I've just been looking forward to our, our Wednesday talks. Secret mm-hmm. surprise, guys. This podcast drops on Fridays, but we record on Wednesdays. So it's not live. And there you have it. <laughs> Matt is a licensed therapist. And maybe you'll be talking when we do a little review in, in repasso of the last month about a big test that you passed that makes you mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. awesome maybe, now. Maybe. You weren't super awesome. No, you're amazing. You're always awesome. Anyway, producer Steve, you <laughs> are a radio personality in, in addition to being just an all around amazing dude. Anything else you want to add? I just like you guys. We like you too. I um, consider you very good friends. Same. So nice hanging out. Same. Yep. And we had a really fun podcast party. Daniel Matson, not to be left out, who is our guest <laughs> today. Uh, so you have written a book called Why I Don't Call Myself Gay, How I Reclaim My Sexual Reality and Found Peace. You were in the documentary documentary desire of the everlasting hills you write and speak around the world i know there's been some times where i'm like emailed you and i'm like bro why you ain't getting back to me (laughs) you're like i'm in italy hanging out with the pope so calm down crazy um but when you're not doing that you are you a full-time trombone player is that your like gig i am i am living the dream of that high school band nerd (laughs) you know i've i actually got a job in an orchestra playing for a living here in grand rapids and matt and i have seen you and we Harry saw Potter, you, right? Yes, yeah. watching Harry Potter with and the, the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> yeah, let's so, be specific here. <laughs> yes. We are very cultured couple. We're so doing we'll uh, uh, film four and five this year, so you guys should come. <gasps> we will be there. Do we have to call them like Rowling's Concerto number four and five? <laughs> wow. Right. <Dang> no. <laughs> Please not. Please not. That test you passed. But I it's mean, fun, isn't it? To see to the to see the film yes. and to hear the live orchestra. Yeah, it was. It's, yeah. it's a great it's great fun for us too. Oh that's good because mm. we just had a jolly old good time. All right, I'm gonna stop. Okay. <laughs> So um, we, it's interesting because you have this book, Why I Don't Call Myself Gay. And if those of you who follow Twitter and or the whole Revoice conference, I mentioned that I was going to go to that, the last round of podcasts the last season. There was a lot of controversy surrounding the Revoice conference. And um, with some of our friends who actually were, have been on this podcast and they, they were there, they were speaking. It's funny because some of our other friends who have also been on this podcast were opposing this conference. And so it's very interesting because we have you on today and then we have some more friends like Bridget Eileen who identifies as a gay Christian and I've watched some of like Twitter exploding and blogs thrown back and forth and so uh, I don't love stepping into controversy. I think it's not extremely beneficial except when it is beneficial and I just saw man guys where can we agree we're on the same side of the theology. Like, I get it when it comes to affirming or those who hold to the historical Christian view, which is, you know, you don't believe God allows or affirms same-sex marriage. And so it's people on the same side. And so anyway, I just love everyone over there. But I did want to talk for like half a second why I, Lori, don't identify as gay and why I use the language I do, not because I'm trying to fight my friends, but just it might be helpful just to hear where I stand. And then I know you as well. We're not actually going to lean extremely yeah. heavily into this, the the premise of your book. 
Um, but I would like to actually start with you. Why don't you identify as gay, Daniel? Yeah, you know, it, it's it, that whole um, Revoice conference when yeah. it was taking place, there was a lot of controversy, and part yeah. of it was about language. Um, I paid a little bit of attention to it. I was actually up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan kayaking and camping <laughs> during yeah. the conference. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I became aware of some of the controversy, and, and I, I didn't want to get involved in yeah. that at all. And, and that is the controversy. The biggest piece was, do you identify as a gay Christian? Sorry, I should have been clear about that. Or is someone who experiences same-sex attraction? So a lot of the... I'm going to call them, for lack of a better term, the more conservative side was saying to even identify as a gay Christian, um, which again, I don't identify as a gay Christian, but for those, if you to even do that is to align yourself and identify primarily with sin. And so that was the big fight over this conference was they, they, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I did. The reason I don't call myself gay just to answer your question, and and this is one of the things I like to, you know, I'm, I'm a Catholic. I, I don't know if we mentioned that in the beginning, but um, John Paul II, he said, look, uh, the church proposes, it never imposes. And so for me, I, I think as Christians, if we have a conviction, we have to propose our beliefs and convictions. And you think about Jesus, he proposed things and people walked away mm -hmm. sometimes. So I don't feel a responsibility to change people's opinions on terminology. And that's not really the core message of my book. Mm -hmm. A lot of people may not know that publishers are the ones who pick titles. <laughs> and they want to sell books. And they want to sell books. business. Exactly. <laughs> Keyword business. So I wanted that to kind of be in the subtitle, but it's a provocative cover yeah. and people pick it up. For, for me, it goes back to Genesis. We, we believe in a God who's the Logos, the Word incarnate. Uh, the words we use matter. Um, I am male and female. That, that's who we are. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm a man made for a woman. Mm -hmm. That's actually the answer to me why I can't have a sexual intimacy with another man. Mm -hmm. It's because of my created nature mm -hmm. by God as a man. Mm -hmm. I, my sexual orientation is towards a woman, mm -hmm. even if I don't experience that on the subjective level. And mm. that's revealed in my body. Mm. So I find that very liberating, but I also don't uh, call myself straight. I think one of the things I, I argue in my book is that I think this division of gay and straight and relying on our feelings and inclinations to provide our identities is a little, is a limiting factor for us. Mm. Um, I, when I was in Italy, some people talked to me about um, my, my book was released in Italy. So that was very exciting. But while I was there, Stefano Gabbana from Dolce and Gabbana. What? Yeah. You like <laughs> you like their bags? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made waves over there last year. He, he made a T-shirt that he said, I'm not gay. I'm a man. And he's always been in a gay relationships, but he said, you know, I'm tired of being labeled that way. I'm mm -hmm. just a man. And I think if I were in the gay rights movement, I would be saying the same message. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's, it, it's, I claim my God given identity by God going back to Genesis. I'm a man. And I find it very liberating to see myself through that lens. I'm just like my brother, just like my father, just like every other man mm -hmm. who's ever lived. And these attractions don't define me. So that's yeah. that's the core reason I don't call myself gay. Yeah. And thank you. And similarly, and, and I'm going to, you know, I'll I'll ask our next guest too, just some of her thoughts, because I'd love for her to just have a, a chance to kind of explain yeah. that. And she's done a whole blog series on why she chooses to identify as gay. For me, I don't because I've been there and it's unhelpful for me even simply neurologically to posture my mind and my thoughts in a way of like, this is who I am. I subconsciously start to posture myself in relationships with people who I might have like this initial attraction. I, and no one else can notice it. I notice it. Mm. And I, I love God so much and I want to honor him even with my subconscious subtle movements and, and posturing and conversation. So I find for me, Lori, personally, it's unhelpful because I've been there. And so I, I choose to not see it as like the sunglasses I view the world, but as like the sunglasses I'm holding. Sometimes they're on top of my head. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they are on my face and I'm just like, okay, oh my God. But they're maybe always there. I'm not mad at the sunglasses. I'm not like, I need to break them and I shame myself. It's just a piece of 
how I walk. And then I think a secondary reason is when I, I look at our daughters, Matt has asked me this before, just like, okay, what if they struggle the same way you do? What if they have your same walk? And I wrestled with that because I was like, oh man, this was such a hard journey for me. And I think about if I identified as gay, I want them to feel secure in their perception of Matt and my marriage. And they're like, that these guys, it's not like Lori's eyes are wandering away. It's that she is unified with Matt. And, and even though she is sexually broken, also Matt is sexually broken. My mom and dad are sexually broken and they both choose to surrender their sexuality to Christ. And so I want these formative years for them to just feel intrinsically like Matt, my parents, yeah, they're broken in all the ways. I mean, we just throw dollars in the therapy jar for the future. <laughs> um, but it's not that my mom is in like, permanently broken and her eyes are always looking away from dad. I want them to feel that foundation. And then too, if they feel this in themselves, as opposed to being like, this is who I am. I am maybe stuck here. Or this is how I have to live this out. I want them to feel like this is how I am. And this is a piece of me. This I may carry with me forever. I may not. I might have a different version of broken sexuality. But when I look at them, I want them to see me, even if we have the struggle the same way and not feel like this is the end of the world, or even this is something to celebrate dare I say that but this is just a piece of how I am and it's okay they could struggle with straight broken sexuality they're going to be broken but I, I don't want them to feel like owned by it so it, it really I think that's wise does that make sense that makes a lot of sense yeah. to okay me. And, and I, I I think of myself one reason I don't call myself gay either mm -hmm. is docility to the will of God yeah and, and realizing that God may desire for me to be married down the road to yeah. a woman mm -hmm. um now, I, I'm not interested in that yeah. at, at all. I'm not seeking it out, but God works in mysterious ways. And I'm not talking about reparative therapy or anything like that, yeah. but this docility and humility to God to say, you know, you gave me an identity, a sexual identity, mm -hmm. when I was knit together in my mother's womb as a man made for other woman, women. And I want to honor that because I want to honor you above yeah. all else. And I find the whole notion of mixed orientation marriage is so strange because I think anyone who is of the opposite sex who is married is living out a marriage. It's mm. not a different type of marriage. Yeah. Certainly there's challenges, but um, I, I, that's one reason I don't call myself gay is because I don't want to shut the door to God's potential will mm. for me by me saying I'm a different type of sexual creature yeah. mm. than every other every other man who lives and therefore I cannot live out my God-given orientation. Yeah. But that's a day-to-day -day vocation yep. and humility to God's will in my life. And I think there, we run the risk sometimes of closing the door to God's potential will for our lives mm -hmm. by clinging to this, these definitions. But yep. you know, I, I, don't I know. hear does you. Does that make yeah. sense? It does. And, and we have friends too, who don't hold, they like feel more passionately about the word celibate like that I'm a celibate gay Christian. So like, I don't know, my life's not my own. And, and if they're like, I haven't heard God's voice say, this is how you're supposed to live the rest of your life. They're like, I've, I'm surrendered. I, that's, that's what I want to do with my sexuality. That's what I want to, that's the posture I want to live my life. Mm -hmm. I think okay. that's important. Yeah, and I, I think that the idea of just language, um, you know, and you talked about logos, God being the word and so many people We'll use the term gay because it, it's, a, it's a broad term that describes the, the, the situation, the perspective, the way they've grown up, you know, some of the way that they've, they've had to navigate the world. And it's funny that you, you bring up the concept of mixed orientation marriage because, you know, I've said that about my marriage to Lori and I've, I've never thought anything of it other than this is just, you know, going to be a way to describe maybe some of the hardships that we've had when it comes to, to our marriage. You know, but there comes a time when if I say, you know, we're in a mixed orientation marriage, is that actually the most accurate um, description of our marriage? Or is it such a broad term that people are going to automatically assume this and this XYZ and this category. about us as opposed to, you know, so I think however you define yourself, whether you say, you know, mixed orientation marriage, whether you say gay, whether you say same sex attracted, whatever, there, there's got to be. A point where you're like, okay, this isn't actually accurate enough. There has to be some level of explanation to give 
I guess, a higher context to what the reality of your yeah. life is. And I can't get over, I just keep picturing our kids listening to this podcast one day and <laughs> then being like, okay, what's this mean? Because they, these four, first five years of their life, they're getting the image of who God is. And so if they see us as busted people trying to, like we talked about in last season, how we're working on our metaphor of the gospel, I want them to see that. I don't want to see, I don't want them to see two people in, I don't know if we, if we don't want to be in these rigid kind of boxes or stereotypes, if we're just like, we're busted and how are you busted? And we're trying to follow Jesus. Come join us little ones. So that's for me, such a big impetus for like avoiding the labels, to be honest with you. I will say though, when you all dear precious listeners hear me talk to people who identify as gay Christians, et cetera, I'm not secretly thinking, oh, I wish they weren't. I, I am not their heart cop. Like, I don't know what's going on in their heart. I don't know what's going on in their mind. They could totally mean the exact same thing as what I say when I say I experience same-sex attractions. And that verb, by the way, is a helpful verb. For me, I get asked that a lot. It's not a struggle all the time. Yeah, it's not yeah. always a struggle. Yeah. Sometimes it just is. I'm just holding them sunglasses around my head. I don't know. But it's this is what I experience. That's how I, that's the best word. I wish there was a different, whole different word, or maybe there's something in Italian. Please tell us if there is. Yeah, right. um, but It drives me nuts when people, like, I'll be on radio interviews and yeah. they say, Daniel Matson is here to talk about his struggle with same-sex attraction. Yeah. Come on. I, I know. I always make a point to say, uh, what is my struggle? It's yeah. like you talk about, we're all broken. Yeah. So what do I struggle for with yeah. chastity? Yeah, I like Sexual that word. purity. Yep. You know, so it's, it's that's the struggle. Yeah. Also a boatload of other things. I'm a, a perfectionist. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I got a bunch of other sins. You want to talk about those? Yeah. So those I just, of those of you listeners, yeah. I can't really see me. There are other virtues I should work on. I like cookies a little too much <laughs> <laughs> and pizza. And, oh boy, yeah. we like you. We won't let you uh, have any of Lori's cookies. She oh, makes no. some real good cookies, and they're always in our freezer. Okay. So anyway, I just want you guys to know I'm not like secretly trying to alter other people's language. I'm I'm loving people where they're at, and I'm this is what I choose for my own personal reasons. Okay. So we haven't even gotten to the question of the week yet from last week, but we'll just. We'll hopefully blitz through it. It was, uh, our question was actually from episode 43, not 43.5, which was what some of y'all's favorite pieces of the first season. And just thank you. Just thank you guys so much for listening. And I, we're pushing 19,000 downloads, which is so amazing. And we keep running into people who are like, I'm binging your podcast. And I'm like, oh, I love you. And they're like, is that weird that, you know, we, we feel like we know you? And I'm like, no, please tell me your story. I feel like I know you because you're just crazy enough to listen. <laughs> no, but it's just people who are deep and funny. And I don't know. I just, I re we really love it. And so um, a lot of y'all's favorite things, it seemed like episode 24, the one where Matt and I got really real about our marriage and then 30 or also, um, some person talked about soulgasm. Remember when I said that on the podcast? And then I just said it again. There it is. Uh, Rosaria Butterfield, who I thought would be majorly just controversial and explode this station. Um, people love that one. And I love meeting people. So that was episode maybe 37 or so. That's the one where we talked about radical hospitality. And so we didn't mm -hmm. lean into this gay SSA debate, which is kind of that's where she leans in a lot um but she also is awesome radical hospitality the gender one is the most listened to one with kat and kathy um our series with francis chan so just to thank you guys for all of those encouragements and the ideas for podcasts if you have more please send them to us podcast at himhministries.com um, what's coming up in this season, we're going to have Gabe Lyons and Jackie Hill Perry and Wesley Hill and Sam Alberry, which is hilarious to say all those names, if you know any of this debate, <laughs> yeah. in my mouth at the same time. That's I'm great. so excited. Isn't it crazy? It's great. It's fantastic. So, and we're going to do, um, Lord willing, we're working on it, but a, um, a series with Kurt Thompson. We referred to the soul of shame. So Matt's dream to do a, a book on soul of shame with Kurt Thompson. He wants to be on our podcast. So we're working on it. Okay, but I just would love to hear just one highlight from everyone in the room about the month of July. What was something that was like, this was awesome? Steve, we oh. haven't let you talk much. Okay, Go. all right. Uh, so, I don't know, sometime early in July, we found out that our church was working with Bethany um, 
and co-sponsoring a refugee What's family. Oh, Bethany Christian Services yeah. here in West Michigan. They do a lot of work with yeah. foster and refugee and all that. So uh, a family who's from Congo but have been in a refugee camp in Rwanda for the last 16 years. Oh wow! Are coming mm. to West Michigan, and wow. so we got a big fire hose education on all the logistics of that. Hmm. And my wife and I just really felt drawn to it like Aww. to getting involved in some way and so they were like we need you know people that can do esl and that's not us do we need like <laughs> medical and transportation i'm like we don't have a big enough car but <laughs> they were like how about social coordinator and we raised our hand it was like we were just like that you. sounds like us like, love it my wife is way more of a social person than i am but I'm connected a little bit with the community through my job. And so anyway, uh, we were there the night they landed in Grand Rapids at like 1130 at night and um, have been going down to their house and connecting with them and just getting, you know, friends from church and our small group to, you know, go and hang out, bring a meal, that kind of thing. That's kind of where we're at now. And they're still learning English and it's just really cool. We just love them. And they're great. Awesome. It, yeah. It's just like these instant friends. They're like, you are family. And we're like, you don't even know us. And they're like, we don't care. You're <laughs> oh, here. And so it's, body of Christ. it's really, it's really cool. That's, so, awesome. that's been our July. Well, for me, uh, the highlight was, I, I alluded to it a little bit. I went on a camping trip to the UP with one of my brothers and one of our nephews. Like an actual brother or like a brother in the face? Like my brother, oh, my brother, actual brother. <laughs> yeah. And we went kayaking in this remote lake and, and the Keweenaw Peninsula that you have to have a four by four to get there. And there were you... eagles that were soaring around, seven of them, and we saw them go fish in Whoa. the lake right in front. It was great. It was, and the weather was fantastic, and uh, so it was really good time to bond with my brother and one of my nephews. He's he's going to become a uh, a missionary for um, a university Christian fellowship or something. Mm -hmm. I get outreach something. I lose I track know. of all fellowship, those things. Fellowship, crew, but, all yeah, those things. something. Uh -huh. He's going to be a missionary uh, with the students in Michigan State next uh, year. Oh, so, cool. So it was a kind of a we were able to hang out with him, and he started his term this week. So it was a great. That's awesome. Dave Balin, our director of our board, he goes there every summer. Is that, do you guys oh, like the, hang? It, we have Eagles? never hung out there in oh, Copper Harbor. That's but his thing. See, yeah. I like him more and more. Yeah. Everything <laughs> I... friends, you too. Yeah, he's, he's a good man. Yeah, yeah. he loves, uh, what, Isle Royal? Yeah. Up there? Well, so he, I have never street. been there. He is an intrepid explorer because you can only backpack there and everything. Yeah, mm. he's cray cray in a good way. <laughs> that rhymed. Matt. <laughs> that did rhyme. Um, okay, so I have a couple things. One, it was fun going to see the new Jurassic Park movie. And running into, and producer, running into producer Steve there, walking nice. in, being like, what is going on? Yeah. And then two, the, the one thing that you were alluding to earlier, the big test that I took, um, lots of hours of studying for my national counseling examination test, the NCE, and uh, passed. Passed with uh, flying nice. colors. So I was really really nice to get that off my chest and yeah. never have to take it again hopefully can i brag a tiny bit no all right yes you can he's yes, really please. smart and he did it it's a four-hour test and he did it in an hour he's really really smart is that okay uh that's fine okay <laughs> <laughs> he, he, i just am so proud of him okay so i ended up writing a chunk of things for this book that matt and i are proposing and i did get one book deal that i'm putting on pause so that's exciting what I'm actually most excited about, I got an app about meals. I am not domestic. I don't cook. I don't like cooking. I don't want to go to the grocery store and cook I heard things. about your cookies, though. I am good at baking cookies. Baking and cooking are like separate categories. Okay, mm. gotcha. With my siblings growing up, my sisters would be in charge of like the meal food, and I would be like, I'll put me on cookies. And so that's all I ever learned how to cook. And so then when I graduated college, I was like, why is this chicken pink? How do I make it not pink? <laughs> Anyway, I'm very proud of myself because I like made a list and I went to the grocery store and I bought all the groceries and came home and cooked a meal. So that was my July is I'm very proud of myself. And Matt was like, how do you feel about this? Because he, you just go, don't care. You're like, it means a lot to you because serving is one of your love languages, but you're not like, give me my food woman at all. And <laughs> that wouldn't work for a marriage anyway. But, um, you were like, I was like, I'm actually really proud of myself for like getting this meal and doing this thing. And your jaw just dropped. You're like, this is my independent, like, fierce who, who woman wife who actually cared <laughs> about cooking this meal. 
I'm not, kidding. I'm not kidding. That's like one of my major highlights of the last month. Sounds good for everybody in the family. Yeah, really. I know, right? Okay. I, I was doing a little dance internally. Really? I'm like, this is, this is too good. Because it's, it's too, usually too like much. I'm like cheese sticks, chicken nuggets. I don't know, Matt, you fend for yourself. So I was just proud of myself for actually caring enough I mean, to do that. If, Cheese sticks and chicken nuggets are involved. I'm pretty sure I could fend for myself very well. <laughs> yeah, do you usually do? So anyway, we'll talk about marriage issues next week. Just kidding. We're doing a lot better. Okay, Goofball Island. Believe it or not, we are about 30 minutes into this gig and haven't even hit this part. But I'm so excited about this secret game that no one in this room knows about except for a tiny bit. Now, Goofball Island. We're going to take a hungry dinosaur. There it is. Appropriate. Since, Appropriate. You know, Jurassic World. Yes. Is where we is where you it. okay? And chicken can we, nuggets. Can we talk yeah. for a, Dino nuggets? Is Dino nuggets. The yeah. There you go. Is their natural chicken birthed form? I didn't know that. <laughs> now I learned something. <laughs> and can we just talk for a second about how secure you were to go to a movie by yourself? Uh, yep. I do that sometimes. You are very secure. Yeah. You just go and you're like, I'm good. If I've got downtime, usually I've dropped the, the kids off at a yeah. thing. Yeah. And I've got a couple hours before I have to pick them up. And I'm like, mm, and you got movie pass, mm, right? I do have that. Oh, that helps. Yeah. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. Back to Goofball Island. Here we are. Okay. This is called Accent Dental Laughter. <laughs> now, you can't, you can't laugh or okay. you get a point. Okay. Yeah. So we each... How we have three rounds and we have to do an accent. We have to do this accent. I have no idea if you're going to be into this, Daniel. I'm sorry. I'm Every in. guess. Okay, I am okay. in. You are down. <laughs> okay. So these are the three different accents that we're going to have to do while reading the sentences. I'm going to hand out that none of these gentlemen here in this room have read yet. So the first round is going to be a West Michigan slash Minnesota mom. So it's going to sound a little bit like this. <laughs> the second round will be a hungry dinosaur, however you want it to sound. The third is a texting millennial with vocal fry. So I have mm. vocal fry, which NPR was like way obsessed with this with like yes. a few years ago. And they're like, yes. it's why do girls have to talk like this? Right. You uh, have to do that while texting like a millennial. All right. Here's your sentences. This is, I don't know. I'm just handing them out willy nilly. Oh my. All right. No, if you laugh, you get a point. I'm writing down your names. <laughs> I'm already laughing. I haven't even started talking. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you when we're starting. Okay. Mine is three sentences. I know. You get several sentences. And oh. you, it's a pair. Okay. It's a paragraph. Okay, okay. I lied. All right. Hopefully that's my only lie. Okay. We're going to go Daniel, Steve, Matt, Lori. Oh, you're ready? doing it too? Yeah. I'll do okay. it too. And For what kids. voice are we starting with? We're starting with West Michigan... Or Minnesota mom. So when in Michigan, in Minnesota, yeah. we talk like this. There's that, um, she's running for governor of Michigan right now. What? She's got it strong. I can't oh, think of her name. I don't follow anything. All I can think of is Sarah Palin. Not her. She has that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she's it, far west Michigan. Yes. Alaska. When we were in California, one of my coworkers, if you're listening, Robert, shout out, bro. <laughs> Maybe mute for the next few minutes too. Yeah, you know. Okay. Robert, <laughs> I I was like, he's like, How do how do girls in Michigan sound? And I was like, Oh, we talk like this. And he's like, I actually usually love girls with accents, but that makes me want to gouge my eardrums yeah. out. Yep. So <laughs> agreed. It's true. All right, go ahead, Daniel. Good grief, it's so warm. But I suppose it's better than too cold. This last winter was a doozy. But my, oh my, it is just downright humid. My hair is curling up like crazy. I need to put some coconut oil in it. All right, I, I don't laughed. think that was very Midwest. It was good. It was, was good. it was good. And Steve, you did a little half laugh. Yeah, I, so my defenses are down because I thought it was like only if you laugh while you're doing it. Oh, no, it's at any point. So if anyone everyone makes me laugh. Okay. has the camera on them, metaphorically. He's, he's a competitor. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. he wants Not to win. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I do, because I never have. So I'd like it maybe to be a first. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, okay, this is the, all right, Michigan, Michigan, all right. My best recipe would have to be my sticky buns. I went for slice for... Oh, all right. Matt, point. <laughs> that was a Because <laughs> okay. he knows I wrote it. Do I get to finish? Yeah, Yeah, no. you get to finish. I'm going to try not to laugh. All right. I won first place for baked goods at the state fair two years running. Well, there was a gap year when... No, now I'm Now California. you're just doing Valley Girl. I know, you're right. 
Okay, back to Michigan. Smile. Michigan. It's hard. Michigan. He's saying gap right. year. All right. Gap. Uh, well, there was a gap year. <laughs> See, I just laughed at myself. <laughs> I when laughed. Petunia won with her blueberry rolls, but that was just a fluke. I tell you, a fluke. No. See, I lost it. Okay. Uh, I... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Steve, you yeah, have two I points. I laughed at myself. I did there. a half point for him. And yeah, I have two I points. Have a Matt has a chuckle. point. Right. You did one too. Okay. I'm giving you. Okay, Matt. All right. I have to. I have to start by like saying Travers over and over. Travers. <laughs> so yesterday I went to Meyer, our state's local Piggly Wiggly. Well, it's more like a cleaned up Walmart, I guess. Kind of like a super Walmart, but even better. <laughs> Not quite as expensive as Target. Oh, but I do love Joanna Gaines. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. You got all of us on that. Yeah. All right. All right. Matt, uh, Daniel has two. Steve has three. I have four. Matt has one. Okay. Oh, my. I sure do love to go to our local Baptist church. We go three times per week. I go to Sunday school. I go to Wednesday night. The girls go to Awana's. And there's often games such a, and such on Friday or Saturday. It's best. <laughs> Steve, that yeah, was straight Steve, up. Yeah, Steve, the Awana yeah. got him. That, it's that, Awana's. I knew oh, I would get someone yes. with Awana in the S at the end. Yep. Yeah, that was See, good. I think I have a, an unfair advantage because I've heard you do this voice so often For like that an it, hour it, loses, it loses some of the yes. like mm. chuckle factor. Yes. I do stick in this accent a lot. Okay, Hungry Dinosaur. Good. I, gr- uh, well, I have no idea. Do- I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Good grief! Is I'm trying to like you, you do like Boston. It's fine. Good grief! It's so warm, but I suppose it's better than too cold. This last winter was a doozy, but my oh my, it's just downright humid. My hair's curling up like crazy. I need to put some coconut oil on it. I laughed. Okay, I'm to keep a video of this one. <laughs> my pants are me. me. Would have to be my sticky ones. <laughs> No, I won first place for baked goods at the state fair. No, yeah, right. Well, there was a gap here. We put Junior one with her blueberry rolls, but that was just a fluke. I tell you, a fluke. <laughs> that was a hungry dinosaur. One. I lost. I lost. I just, I'm losing. I, I lost about three points there. I'm. I, I'm sure it's going to be distorted once we get into post. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But. All right, Matt. Hungry dinosaur, go. Roar. I, I'm just going to do T-Rex arms, everyone. <laughs> it's more of a visual. <laughs> Yesterday, I went to Meyer, state's local Piggly Wiggly. Well, it's more like a cleaned up Walmart. I couldn't reach anything because my T-Rex arms. <laughs> you there, got there, me. There you go. You got, that's improv. The, Come on. Yeah, the T Rex arms. That was good. Okay. Daniel has four. Steve has four. Matt has three. I have six. Doing great. Oh, my. I sure do love our local Baptist church. We go three times per week. I go to Sunday school. <laughs> I go to Wednesday night. The girls go to a water. He got you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sweating and. Everything's terrible. And there are often games and such on Friday and Saturday. It's the best. Okay. I got two more points. I laughed. All right. I mean, I laughed when you started laughing. Yes. That's, you yeah. did? Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, I guys. Tumbled. All right. Texting Millennial with Vocal Fry. Last round. Last round. Oh, I got the grave. It is so warm. But I suppose it's better than too cold. I sound more like Eeyore. Yeah. <laughs> this last winter was a doozy. But my oh my, it's just downright humid. My hair's curling up like crazy. I need to put some coconut oil on it. I did a little was, half that laugh. Was like, that was not vocal fry at all. I mean, it was like grumpy Eeyore just waking up. Actually, I might be able to achieve vocal fry better since I did the dinosaur. <laughs> oh, you were in it for the long game. Yeah, so there you Intense. go. I don't know. All right. My best recipe would have to be my sticky buns. I won first place for baked goods at the state fair two years running. Well, there was a gap year when Petunia won her blueberry rolls, but that was just a fluke. I'm telling you, it's just a fluke. (laughs) (laughs) You got us. We're the laugher. I have 10. The only one closer to me is Daniel. The six. All right, Matt. Texting millennial with vocal fry. So yesterday I went to Meyer, state's local Piggly Wiggly or whatever. Well, it's more like cleaned up Walmart. 
kind of like Super Walmart, but even better. Not quite as expensive as Target, I guess. Whatever. I do love Joanna Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> you got us all. <laughs> I think, you did. I think, I think you did. because we're like, whatever, it's not that good. And then we just all right. laughed. <clears throat> okay. Steve has five. Matt has five. Daniel has seven. I have 11. Oh my. I sure do love to go to our local Baptist church or whatever. I go there three times per week. I go to Sunday school. I go to Wednesday night. The girls go to Awana's. Often games and such on Friday or Saturday. It's the best. That was just kind of like I to my character. Yeah, we got personality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was... You didn't make us laugh, Lori. Yeah. So there's that. Yes. Let's <laughs> let's take it out on a low note. <laughs> okay, we're moving to the heart of the matter. Uh, thank you for joining me here hey, on Steve. Goofball Island. Yes. You tied for the win on that one. Okay, all right, I'll take it. Matt I'll and Steve, it. you both win. H I M H hats, where the back says "All fall short, all are loved, and they're awesome." And they're going to be in our store on hmhministries.com very soon. Awesome. And I'm going to talk about a giveaway later about how you can get a free one or one of these awesome bracelets that say gospel addict, but not everyone loves them. I'm, I'm looking at you, Matt and Steve. I'm not a bracelet guy. Sorry. Same. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Which someday we're going to talk on the podcast how Matt was a necklace and earring guy at one point. Well, apparently we're doing it now. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. The reason that we do this podcast is we talk about how the gospel is good news for everybody every day. Can you tell us a shortened version of how the gospel was first good news for you and how is it still? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, how do we do a shortened version I of know, that, I'm right? I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> no, no, but it's, 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 uh, you know, like everybody else here in this room, probably I was introduced to God as a kid and, and I loved all the stories. I love the idea that God cared for me. I loved Noah's in the Ark from the Golden Book, you know, all those... Uh, oh, the Golden Book, you know yeah, what I'm talking with about. the silver on the exactly. edge. Exactly, I love those, oh, I love Jesus. They matched, I love Yeah, them. you know, and then you're confronted with reality. Life hits, the, the reality of this world hits. And uh, basically, I, you know, just like you, waking up to these same-sex attractions, how does that, how do I fit in? Mm. How do I fit into God's plans? Jeremiah 29, 11, that was... My life verse. God right. has plans to prosper me, but it didn't feel like it. And ultimately, uh, I basically my relationship with God was like a contract. If I'm a good Christian boy and I do scratch off all the check marks, then he's supposed to make me happy. And I was miserable and I turned my back on him. <clears throat> I couldn't deny he exists or anything like that. I went the way of the prodigal son, mm. plucked the forbidden fruit. Mm. Sin is pleasant for a season. Yeah. I had a boyfriend. I was happy. Yeah. Uh, but one of my good friends who lives with same-sex attraction and, and has come back to, to God as well, mm -hmm. he said, sure, I was happy living a gay life, but only as happy as I knew how to be. Yeah. I think that's really a big part of my story. Yeah. So I woke up and said, I'll be better living in my father's house. And, and, you as know, the prodigal. As the yeah. prodigal. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, we pluck the forbidden fruit. It's always bitter. Uh, it, it never satisfies us. And so uh, I came back to, to my loving father. And I got to say, the, the first step towards me really living in my father's house yeah. was a step I took when I left because I didn't know what it meant to live in my father's house. Hmm. And now it's just, just right, the most important thing in my book <clears throat> that I end with is I've, I've learned to claim my belovedness. Yeah. That it, it's good that I exist. Yeah. That it's good God made me. And he does have plans to prosper me, not to harm harm me. And his commandments are there because he loves me. Mm. So that that's that's where I am living right now. Yeah. Or so you were saying, like the the first step was the the most important one because that's like essentially when you repented or you started to turn. And so you'd never actually lived and thrived and known this belovedness. It wasn't a matter of going back to Awanas, but it was a matter <laughs> yeah. of oh, there's a whole other world that I I didn't even know. This different plane, this like knowing and experiencing God's love. Is that yeah, it was, in, and it really came through um, suffering. You yeah. know. Mm -hmm. uh, I always think of that moment in the Wizard of Oz when you see the wizard and, and the dog Toto pulls back the curtain. I was living this fictitious life, yeah. thinking of what it meant to be a beloved son of God, hmm. paying no attention to the man behind the curtain. Hmm. I had this facade, this 
not very genuine me that yeah. I was projecting to everybody. I, the, the Dan that I thought I needed to be to everybody. Huh. And that all came crumbling down. And then, of course, through my own sexual brokenness yeah. and mistakes, that showed me I, w- I was in need of a savior. Mm. And God allows us to walk away from him and stumble and fall yeah. for the most important reason so that we can learn to reach out our hands and have him pick us up again. Amen. So there was, there was a really tremendous amount of suffering that woke me up. And thanks be to God, we have suffering. Which was where I want to lean in, right. which is the, the title of this podcast. I'm je- jealous of your suffering. So I was actually speaking with you. You were on a panel. I actually wasn't speaking at that time uh, a couple months back um, with Preston and Kat, who's been on here and another friend. And I was listening to you with my jaw dropped because I, I heard in you places where the sandpaper of God's suffering had like graded your soul in a way. I don't know if I'll experience it that way. But where the sandpaper graded your soul, it's like God's love just poured in and right there. It was like because his the sandpaper had graded you there, it was like you could extra experience his love. And I was like, oh my word. So the story I'd love for you to just tell real quick is that whole where you said, I'm so sick of people saying, poor you. Yeah. So here you are. I don't know how old you are. Are you in your 40s? I'm almost 50s? 50. Okay, almost 50. And, um, and you are a single guy with these same-sex attractions. I go to movies by myself a lot. Yeah, baller. <laughs> That's amazing. I just love that. So, but but this, like, you don't walk with your head hanging down. And you said, I'm so sick of people saying, poor you, and they're so... You, you gave the example of you in a nursing home. Yes. Can you share that? Well, That's when my jaw dropped. Well, there, there are these moments, you know, people say... Uh, and I t- was tempted to this despair when I was younger. I mean, it was... It, it, Oh, if I obey God, I'm going to be stuck in a nursing home and alone, forgotten everywhere. And people say, oh, Christianity and the church just, they really don't care about people with same-sex attraction because it says you can't have a partner and you're going to be miserable and lonely and all this stuff. Yeah. I woke up one day and said, no, if there's a God who loves me and has plans to prosper us and not to harm you, there's hope there. Mm. You know, we so often give in to despair. Yeah. Right. That's the temptation. And so we have to live in hope. And so I say, all right. Let's say I'm in a retirement home when I'm 80. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be looking around at those other people who may have just lost their spouse or whatever and don't know what it means to be a single life and, and thrive. I'm going to take them by the hand and say, I've been doing this for a long time. Mm. And let's, let's, let's live out this life with joy. Because there's a choice we can make. Uh, are we are we going to live in a place of despair? See, hope is in the middle of despair and presumption. I presumed too much when I was a kid. I thought, oh, God is going to make me take away these attractions. I prayed to have these attractions away. And then when he didn't do it, I got angry and said, mm. well, screw you. I'm going to go on my way. Yep. And and we presume too much sometimes. Then we despair too much. But hope lies in the middle. Mm. And we have to live in this place of hope and realize God came that we might have his joy. Yeah. And he came that we might have life and have it to the full. How did you get there? Because I talk to a lot of people who are in the like pre-valley of suffering space where they're like, uh-oh, I know where this decision takes me is suffering. And I remember that place where I, I, I it felt like I was looking down in a cavern. I was like, uh-uh, I don't mm. want to go down there. Mm-hmm. I know that's probably where Jesus wants me. And I sensed him at the bottom of the pit saying, you can't go lower than me. I'm mm. at the very bottom of this. But mm. for some who's like, they're looking at that pit and they're like, I don't want to go there. It's going to hurt too much. Or those who are like, I think I'm just going to jump over it or I'm going to take enough emotional Tylenol. How, how'd you get there? You know, it, it was it was a, a moment of profound suffering at, at the loss of a relationship. Mm. And I had a choice to, to go back and try to find a guy or whatever. And yeah. this actually was a relationship with a woman. Mm. You know, my, my story is so complicated. Yeah, read his book. Yeah, but I was I was in this moment of the most pain of my life, mm-hmm. but I also had seen God's kindness. In Romans one twenty four, it says, do you not know that God's kindness leads you to repentance? Mm-hmm. You know, very different than the wrath, wrathful God that yeah. we think, you yeah. know? And so I was living in this tension of losing her, but believing that God does love me. And so I started to wrestle with other people who've suffered you know, for me, I needed to learn from other people. You talked about looking into that chasm. Yeah. Henry Nowen, who actually, mm. he was a priest who lived with same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. He said about loneliness, he says, I, I hesitate to say this, but 
uh, loneliness is like the beauty of the Grand Canyon that cuts deep into us. Mm -hmm. But it's if we are willing to stand at the edge of it mm -hmm. and see that there's beauty there, we will find that it's a gift. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I find so profound about, thank God we have Christ as an example. Yes. He was lonely himself. Mm -hmm. there's, so there's something that becomes sacred about loneliness or all of the sufferings that we go through. And mm -hmm. so we have to look at the cross mm -hmm. And then for me, thank God we have stories like Elizabeth Elliot. Oh, she's amazing. Uh, I, I talk about her in the book, her own suffering with the loss of her husband. And then her next husband, and right? And then her next husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to realize, okay, I'm suffering, but we all suffer. And to find people who went through that journey, looked at that chasm and found a path forward. And they, other than Henry Nowen, they weren't people with my particular challenges. Right. Um, with same-sex attraction. They were just people living their lives. Right, right. It became really helpful. C.S. Lewis, Problem of Pain. Beautiful oh, book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. I did want to ask this because you just said Jesus was lonely. So let's say that someone is listening, and, and we're going to lean into this with the next uh, podcast. We're going to talk more about friendship and just like, I, it's kind of the conversation nobody wants to talk about is the loneliness piece of life. And mm -hmm. I, I talk to moms with three young kids and, you know, you think that that's the ideal. They're so lonely. You know, you talk yeah. to people who just got married and all of a sudden the hubbub of the marriage mm -hmm. is just quiet or people are surrounded by people and are lonely. Like if, if someone wanted to meditate, because I really like to do that, like, okay, Jesus, do you see me? Do you empathize with me right now? Mm -hmm. Where do you see Jesus lonely? I'm curious about that. I see him in the garden when oh, he, when yeah. he says, can you not stay with me even for an hour? Yeah. Yep. You know, that, that his closest disciples who are there on the, on the eve of his agony, yep. they're falling asleep. Yeah. And he's alone. Mm -hmm. He's alone. He's alone with Pilate, too. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. He's alone uh, when, he's, when he's, you know, and then Peter betrayed him. You know, so I, I think meditating in the garden mm -hmm. is a very good place. And what, what does Christ say? May this cup pass, but even so, thy will be done. And see, this thing, he'd never lost faith in God, the Father's love for him. He didn't fall apart because he, yeah. even though, and I actually talked about that verse about his disciples, like, couldn't you stay awake with me? I talked about that at Revoice, which I think my talk's going to be posting at some point. But I love that because it just shows the humanity where he doesn't demand of his disciples. He could have just been like, here's Gabriel. He's going to hold you awake as you stand with me. Or even be like begging the angel, you have to stay with me. He just, he's like asking, well, could you not stay with me? Yeah. So I guess just kind of as a, a final note, uh, just from your perspective, if someone is listening right now and let's say they're like young twenties, you, and mm -hmm. they're staring at their options of like, okay, I could dive into this. It seems way easier. The suffering ball sounds horrible. Or mm -hmm. they're staring at the, the cavern, the chasm, the grand mm -hmm. Canyon that could be cut them to pieces. And that sounds horrible. And the sirens of the world are saying, mm -hmm. just come here. It'll take all your pain away. Even though it's a facade, you know it, but they mm -hmm. don't like, what would you say to him or her? Yeah. I, I, you know, I get those emails all the time, Yeah, you know, and, and it's a great gift to speak into their lives and say, you know, it only goes so far to say, don't make the mistake I made. Because sometimes right. they'll they say, need, yeah. we are, you went through it. I want to go through it. Yeah. And but sometimes I, they need to. Yeah. And, but I think the key is to, to really wrestle with those words that um, God said to Christ at the Jordan. Here is my beloved son mm. in whom I am well pleased. Mm. And that, that is the great thing I've been looking for my whole life mm. is those words of the father. To say, he, Dan, you are my beloved son and mm. whom I am well pleased. And everything that you think is like quirky about you or, or unlikable about you, I made those things in you mm. because I delight you. You were a thought of me mm. that I brought into this world. Mm. And I want you to be happy in this life and the next. And I say no to you. Mm. And I might lead you down a chasm. Yeah. Why? Because there's great beauty there. Yeah, there's great beauty that to, to to embrace this vision of hope rather than despair. That's the key, and it's a daily choice. It's a daily choice, and to sit there and say, you know, I'm a professional trombone player. I smashed my trombone against a wall once, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it was arduous. But now I have this great career. Everything good in life is arduous. 
Yeah, so you smashed it because you were like, I'm I done. I was angry. I'm sick and tired. I can't do that. But, yeah. but I got back in the practice room. Yeah. And now I have this career. We are not made for a life of ease. And, and the cross mm. shows us that. But God wants to journey with us yeah. through that step. But it, it's really claiming our belovedness that's most important. And that intimacy, that God wants to journey with us in that Sometimes I just want to scream at the world and scream at myself. What are you looking for? Mm-hmm. We spend our whole day on our phone, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I'm like, what are you? I hear that sometimes. Always, what are you looking for? Yeah. And, you, you know, I, I have always, when I really woke up to the notion that, that Jesus is in us, yeah. I, I grew to dislike that footprint in the sand hmm. where it says, what? There's only, sometimes it's just one set up where were you or whatever is that your west michigan accent yeah i don't know what that is (laughs) but it's like there's only ever one set of footprints yeah it's that intimate yes it's It's that intimate it's jesus is there walking with us so we're in the chasm he's there with us and he is the one that we're looking for and that intimacy we find in suffering is what we're searching for all around the world and god allowed (laughs) suffering so that we know that this world is not our place for happiness amen i just Mm. want a high five I'm five. <laughs> See, this is why I'm jealous of his suffering because I know that there is unique, again, sandpapering that happens on your heart that I'm not going to experience, but I can experience a similar version. But I'm like, oh man, you get this intimacy with God that I can have a different version. But I'm like, wow, God, thank you for allowing Daniel, my brother, to suffer this way because you make Jesus look awesome, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks be to God. If yeah. and if it, if that's the case, it's Jesus in me making yeah. him look. All, you know, that's the mm-hmm. key. It's Jesus in us. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. Oh yeah. man, it's all about him. Okay, so this has been episode forty-four, season two, the start of it. Just thanks, guys. This is a piece of what you. Lord willing, will experience in this second season. We're so excited. We've been praying over it. And um, I, I hope that if God keeps stripping us away and making, to God. Yeah, making more room for him, we hope it's it's just more of this. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you guys want one of these awesome dad hats, which I learned is cool. We accidentally <laughs> got something cool for HIMH as a dad hat. Uh, as all folks are all our love down the back. I'm sorry I don't have one for you, Daniel. Oh man, we'll send one to you. Uh, but, or one of these bracelets if you guys do the hashtag himh podcast or tag us if it's not a public post um i'll pick one of y'all and send it to you okay question of the week for next week uh we want to hear from you guys when traditionally has been like a hard time emotionally for you do you have like a season of the year you're like oh christmas or oh when the psl is out pumpkin spice latte (laughs) or i don't know spring maybe hate bunnies and birds Sorry, be sarcastic. I really do have an answer to this question and I wouldn't want anyone making fun of me. I'm going to stop talking. Okay, so that's going to be the question of the week for next week. Um, Daniel, thanks so much for being on. It's great being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we, you are welcome. And for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast, we will see you guys next week. Next week.